0: Hey everybody. This is Lori Ference, host of Leader's Call to Adventure, the show for those who take the road less traveled. Today I'm doing something a little different. I'm going to be speaking to my friend Tamara Fleming, the author of the book Upswing: 80 Mindful Practices to Shift Your Life from Blues to Bliss. And I'm actually getting interviewed by Tamara because she's doing this video series called uh, the Upswing Summer Camp. And as part of the series, she wanted to do a video interview with me on one of the topics on her book, namely Perseverance. She thought that I'd be a good person to talk to you about that because in June, I completed my first 100 mile trail ultra marathon, which was quite the endeavor. (laughs) And uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot through doing that race and through training for it and everything. And the kinds of things um, that your mind does when you are trying to accomplish something that you uh, that's really not in the territory of anything that you know. So I hope that you find a lot of this information helpful. It applies across the board. You don't have to be an ultra runner to use these tips or hints or practices, um, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Lori, okay, cool. I know you just completed this race, right? What? When did you do it? This last weekend? This last weekend, yeah. Starting at 5 a.m. on Saturday and finishing at
2: 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. So 30 and a half hours out in the
1: woods, <laughs> in the dark. I saw two sunrises. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, wait. Okay. So you got to feed us a little. So the topic that we're talking about here is perseverance. And when I started into this one yesterday on the uh, summer camp, I thought, oh my God, there's one person on the planet I know right now that has to know, be an expert at perseverance. So <laughs> talk to me, talk to us, tell us what in the world, how did you get into this ultra marathoning oh, thing? And what was this race like for you? Okay. It was your first one. Yeah. yeah. It's the old adage, you know, every journey starts with a single step,
2: right? Um, I got into this whole thing. After I turned 40, I wanted to complete a couple of things on the bucket list. And so I started doing triathlons, did a couple of those, and then I just kept running. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do a marathon. And uh, my body wasn't feeling too good on the road, uh, pounding on the road. So I started running on the trails. And then I discovered this whole sport that I didn't know about called ultra running. And I found that I could run longer on the trails and that it was easier on my body and that I got stronger and stronger and stronger and could run for longer and longer and longer. So about three years ago now, I thought, okay, now I'm finally going to cross this item off my list. And so I entered because in in the trail and ultra world, um, the marathon distance isn't as popular as a 50 kilometer distance. And so... I did my first 50k race, and it's just been a progression since then. Uh, Last year I ran uh, the entire Bruce Trail in Ontario, which is a 900 kilometer trail, there's a map of it here on the bike (laughs) wall, and uh, had worked up my base mileage to kind of get me into the territory where considering doing a 100 mile race would be something that would be possible. So that's kind of it in a nutshell.
1: Okay, like my brain just wants to fry when I think of running. (laughs) miles right so what made you think that running 100 miles was a good idea wow I mean I didn't really think it's not something you come to overnight right it's like I
2: said it's a progression I, I did a, a few a handful of 50k races that year I did a 50 mile race and it was hard and it hurt like hell and I was broken for about a week after that And I decided, well, I wasn't extremely happy with my time on that race, so I better, you know, train harder and try again. And so last year, that's what I did. I did another 50K uh, race in Ski Hills and I was really happy with my performance there. And then I did uh, a 50 miler uh, race in uh, New York State and was really much, much happier with my time there. And then I just had this goal to finish the Bruce Trail because it's this gorgeous trail that's in uh, really in my backyard, uh, although it stretches for this 900 kilometer stretch, right? So it's my way of being outside. I love this sport. I am all about adventure and, and nature and embracing nature and embracing adventure. And this is a really fun outlet for that as well as a really great community.
1: Okay, we'll come back to, I want to talk about the community because I've seen some of your posts and sounds like a really dedicated group of people who love and support each other. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, all right, let's just dig right into perseverance. So you, you decided, you decided, right? It was just one of the decided. Like, it's a key word, decided, decided. <laughs> decided. A big, big, big word for perseverance. <laughs> yeah, and Then you committed, right? And then you persevered. So yeah. talk about what perseverance means to you in an experience like that. And I want to hear the, the gritty details of when you were out on the trail and you were up against yourself and your body's body's limits. Absolutely. What, what, what happened here and what yeah. happened here?
2: Yeah, there's a whole, I can see
1: it as a progression now,
2: reflecting on it, different stages of getting through the race and what my mind was doing and what my body was doing. Uh, Let's just preface this by saying that the night before my race, you know, they say that you probably won't sleep well the night before an ultramarathon, you know, just nerves and whatever, worried about getting up on time, and I'd have to be at the start line for quarter to five, right? So, but I was hoping to get a good, I don't know, solid six hours of sleep, and what ended up happening was I only got two hours of sleep, and (laughs) so I was not in a good place to start. I was tired, so... I got out on the trail and I'd say the first, gosh, well, the sun came up and when the sun came up, I got some energy, right? So it's really amazing the kind of energy we get from the sun. We are, you know, we are animals when it comes down to it, human beings, right? So we can get our energy during the daytime and then when the night falls and we start to fall asleep again. Well, I was starting at nighttime, but fortunately there was only about a half an hour of nighttime, right? So I basically stuck to my plan of running on the flats and climbing up the hills and running on the downhills uh, for, for the most part. We'd have aid stations every three to seven miles out on the course. And at one point we had a loop. So it was about a 27 mile loop for the first two loops and 23 mile loop for the second two loops. We had an opportunity to leave a drop bag halfway, right? Uh, So I had my box of goodies there that I could stop and if I needed to change my shoes and my socks and do whatever I needed to take care of myself, including getting down my favorite nutrition if all the food at the ice station wasn't really saying, you know, appealing to my stomach at that point in time. And that sort of thing changed as the race went on. It was a brutally hot day, which is something I didn't expect. The course was way harder than I thought. I've never trained or run on trails that difficult uh, for that period of time. So there was a lot of sort of the unknown coming into the picture, right? So if we're going to talk about perseverance, of course, we have to talk about that, right? That we can't really expect what's coming and things are going to come in and we've got to just stick to it. We've got to work through it. And for me, that whole process was finding at first, when it got tough when it got to say 50 miles halfway through and it was i was kind of behind um and i sat down in the chair at the start aid station and my friend Agnes was just helping me uh you know getting some food for me and i was uh, sitting in the chair trying to hydrate and uh, change my socks and, and and was finding it i was getting heat rash on my feet for merino wool and all this stuff i saw a couple of friends come by and uh, the one had just finished a 200 mile race 3 weeks ago and asked me how i was doing and i was feeling so emotionally drained and ex- absolutely exhausted and i was just I, I was laughing and crying at the same time and just saying i was so effing tired <laughs> this is halfway through right but seeing them there it gave me a boost right like it just having my friends around me and having that energy and knowing that they'd just run 50 miles or they were done but knowing that he had run 200 miles three weeks ago, it was like a reminder, you know, I've got I've got this in me, I can do this, I might feel really brutal right now. But I've heard, you know, in ultra, you don't always feel that way till the end, right? You have waves of this, it goes, You you know, your body and your mind are basically trying to stop you from crossing over a boundary that you're not familiar with. Right, So that you will have the reptilian brain coming in there and trying to see whatever thoughts it can feed you to get you to stop. And your body will also do that, right? And I knew that, right? So the thing is that I knew that and so that I could deal with that. And so then my mind would start working towards certain things. Well, I'm gonna finish this race. How can I do that? Well, I'm just envisioning, envisioning getting my buckle at the end. However long this takes me, I'm gonna drop the finish line and I'm going to see that piece of metal. I'm be holding that piece of metal. I'm going to feel so happy about that. Show your mat, Show your buckle. I'm going to show my buckle. I, I love this buckle. It's very proud <laughs> and happy
1: about it this It's a little bit because can't buckle. see it. it's, beautiful.
2: It's, beautiful. it's beautiful. very detailed. I love it. And it's got some weight to it, too. So it it's does. nice. Very nice. It's like a trophy. I will cherish it. And um, anyway, so as I said... Physically, it was getting very challenging and so in my mind, I was like, well, how am I going to get through this? Never mind just visioning what I want because that's part of the process is visualization, right? Um, when we're persevering is remembering, keeping our eyes on the prize. Where are we going towards, right? Second part was, well, I made a commitment as you said, right? We, we talk about commitments. I made a commitment. I made a commitment to myself in the training I've worked up to this. It's taken me really seven years to get to this point. It took me six months of solid uh, six days a week training to get to this point and a lot of sacrifice of time and energy. And so I had to remind myself of what I sacrificed and what my commitment was and why I did that. And I also had to remember that I told several people that were supporting me and that expected me to finish and were sending me all their good juju and, you know, hoping for me and wishing for me and, and and really cheering me on and I could just feel you know that and I, I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want to go home and tell my kids oh I didn't finish I took this I haven't seen you for four or five days I'm back but I didn't finish right I didn't I didn't want that so that was a good motivator to help me to persevere that that was the first phase right. And the thoughts change and they morph as you go on. And then your brain tries to do different tricks with you, right? So what's going to, because then then you have to deal with that still because you're still hurting, you're still tired. And then you're getting nauseous and then you're super overheated, right? So there's there's more and more and more coming into the fray. Luckily, I picked up a pacer by accident halfway through the race. I hadn't arranged it and somebody that was local to the trails was pacing somebody else and I could hear them behind me. And I was uh, getting energy from their conversation because they were laughing and talking about different things. And it was a good distraction, I guess, you know, instead of kind of going through this, oh, I'm hurting so much. And oh, how many hours? and Oh, how many more miles do I have to do? I was listening to them talking about different races and, and this pacer's, you know, contagious laughter, right? And just really focusing on the experience and seeing the fireflies coming out at night and that sort of thing and just immersing myself in the experience, right? So that's another way of persevering is really to focus on, on now and where you are and really taking that experience in instead of the thoughts that are swirling in your head, right, just to try and slow things down and just be where you are.
1: Gosh, that is so great. Yeah. I'm, the way you said that, the reptilian brain takes over And tries to tell you all these survival stories, right? Which happens to us all day long if we allow it, because it's there, right? Yeah. Now, is that something that you talk about as ultramarathoners? Do you talk about that reptilian brain and how to talk it out of its...
2: its I talk about that being in the field that I'm in, right? (laughs) Personal growth and development, right? But I don't think it's something that ultra... Ultra people are just tough. Right. They develop that, but there's no language really around because, you know, I, I haven't run across any other people that are in the kind of self-help, personal development field that are also ultra runners. Um, you know, people from all different walks of life. But so far, I've only found me in that kind of realm. So <laughs> maybe it's a different, different angle. Right. right. Talking about the reptilian, but it's definitely
1: it definitely, you know, comes into play for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, yesterday I was talking about perseverance and I was talking about it in in terms of masculine approaches to perseverance and feminine approaches to to perseverance. Feminine being pacing, you know, pacing yourself and, and being graceful with it and masculine being charge ahead and make it happen with force. So. When you're an ultra marathoner, do you use both of those or one or the other? How does that work for you? Absolutely, absolutely both. I mean, pacing is a
2: huge part of this. You can't go out and think you're going to put everything that you have into the first part of the race or you won't finish. You have to do the distance and know what your body can handle for that period of time. And I didn't know, it was completely unknown territory. So, what you're saying about the feminine, absolutely absolutely there's no way to approach an ultra without that and but as I was saying before there's this process of you know of your thoughts and how they change and and how how you get through this and what happens in your mind and I would have to say on my third lap so my third 23 mile lap I was doing a lot of walking And I was probably behind nutritionally. And that's something you have to stay really on top of. You have to make sure you're getting your calories in because your body can just fail. And when your body starts to, whatever, go through that energy loss, then your mind also suffers, right? And then you get into the dark cave of pain, right? And then it's it's harder. So you have to stay on top of nutrition, hydration, and electrolyte intake because all of those things can affect your body. So that said... Back to the question about masculine versus feminine, third lap was really hard for me because I was depleted, really depleted, and it was uh, dark outside, and, you know, when you get into the dark, right, it's like your body's saying, I'm not supposed to be running. I should be sleeping right now, right? We are animals. We should be sleeping, and it was a struggle, and I was doing a lot of walking and starting to feel sick and things like that. When I got into the aid station for number three, I'd been talking to my pacer, and he was I could tell, like, I'd, I'd had a kind of an extra long bathroom break, and he wasn't happy with me. There was a few people that had gone by, and he was like, "You know, Lori, you you can't do this, right? You you know, we, we've got we've got to get going," and encouraging me, and and you know, obviously, there's it's huge value having somebody there with you to to push you through and to you know hold the energy when you're just falling apart. Um, but I, I felt in that moment that he told me that it's like it's true. I'm I am wasting time. And when I got back to the aid station, I knew that he was gonna try and hustle me through there. And I had a little chat with myself and I basically said, This is masculine part coming in. I came here to finish this race and I'm gonna do it now. I'm uh, this is it. I, there's no other there's no other alternative there's no other option I'm not going to quit I'm not going to come in after the deadline I'm going to come in before the 32-hour cutoff and I'm going to get it and that was a firm decision a firm decision and after I set out on that loop I picked up my pace. I cut off an hour and thirty-seven minutes off my time from the previous loop. That's significant, right? Because you're slowing down. I and... like
1: a second win.
2: Yeah, I got a second win, but it was it was coming from that sheer decision and will, sheer will. But then my mind, when I when I got to that point of like I decided, in that very masculine sort of way, I think I created like a platform for the feminine sort of holding to come in. And then my mind quieted. It was very meditative. I knew I was, I had that goal on my mind. I knew what I had to do and I just stopped talking and I just ran and I ran as hard as I could, where I could. And when I needed to stop in the aid station, I just mentally you know, calculated what is gonna sit the best in my stomach and I gotta get something down. And if if I, if I feel like I can't get it down, I have to get something down anyway. And if I throw up, then I have to try and get something down again because if I don't get those calories in, I'm not finishing. But that sort of energy was with me for the rest of that lab. It really carried me through. It was just my sheer quiet determination and decision to finish.
1: Okay, I really, I really, and we're going to wrap this up. And I really love the fact that you use both the masculine and feminine in your experience and that what you ended with was feminine because you would think that at the end of a hundred mile run, you would be pushing and, and just, you know, something else would be going on. But what you're saying is literally you went into a graceful flow with the universe, with the universe supporting you to finish. yeah Yeah,
2: right yeah absolutely and that's not to say that i wasn't hurting i was right and my body was complaining but i was gonna finish yeah and i was gonna do whatever it took to finish right so i wasn't going to do anything to harm myself i was going to watch carefully where i was stepping so that i wouldn't trip and fall and i was going to make sure that i was doing those self-care things that were Mm -hmm. so important to get me through Yeah, yeah absolutely
1: well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I know you're in recovery from, from everything. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I just have to tell a little story before we hang up and uh, share all of your good information uh, that Lori happened to be the first person that saw the Upswing book material and helped me make the decision to write it. So thank you very much, because look look what happened. <laughs> yeah. here we are. Right? What? From uh, let's see, when was that? February? Yeah, oh, a few months February. ago, right? We were just like, you think this could be a book? Maybe, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Some stuff in there, <laughs> Cham. <Chandler. laughs> thank you so much <laughs> um, And now in closing people can reach you will you just give people the information and then I will make sure that the links are also attached in uh, hopefully to this video yeah. go ahead you can go to
2: my website leaderscalltoadventure.com and check me out there um, and I'd love it if you subscribe to my podcast in iTunes you can just search for leaders call to adventure if you're an Android fan you can find it on Stitcher as well
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Leaders Call to Adventure. You can find show notes at www.leaderscalltoadventure.com forward slash four. That's number four. And I will include a link to both Tampa's book and her website. So you can find out more information about Upswing. And I'm also including a link to the original video interview, which I am posting on my website. Again, thanks for joining me today. And until next time.